You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, A.J. Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com, and I am finally on vacation. No, that is not referring to my job entertaining y'all on this podcast network. I mean my day job. I haven't had a vacation since sports resumed, and it has been a very, very long few months just working through all of that. So now that things have finally started to calm down a little bit, we're in the ALDS, NLDS rounds. That's essentially all I all I have. That and football and a couple other sports that are like one, two rights a week. So yay, I get to take a vacation, which I'm doing this week. I plan on doing a whole lot of nothing. Um... And getting to know this new computer, I've gotten to do that a little bit. I started playing Stardew Valley. So, yeah, probably going to be in a happier mood. And maybe I'll be able to avoid getting a podcast out on a Sunday night. Because that is a thing I would like to avoid doing while we're in the off season. I mean, admittedly, during the season, it makes it a lot easier because it means I get to react to things at a time when a lot of people don't bother, but Sundays have already always been a good day for me to record during the season. So, in a way, it was also beneficial from this standpoint, uh, because on Saturday, Ross Atkins decided to meet with the media. And, you know, considering it was a season that went better than expected... You know, it was a happier time. And, you know, Ross Atkins, like, you know, were happy that they did what they need to do. But then he started talking about 2021. And he said, there's no reason to believe that we can't continue to make this team much better. For one, I agree. As Laura Armstrong of the Toronto Star pointed out in her piece covering uh, the press conference, Toronto finished 29th in defensive runs saved, and Chase pitchers were 28th in baseball with 4.29 walks per nine innings. And that is not even including Robbie Ray, because Robbie Ray actually managed to get down on his walks with the Blue Jays. But yeah, there are ways that Toronto can be a much more competitive team to go after the Tampa Bays and the Yankees of the divisions because, let's face it, Boston and Baltimore, I mean, baby steps. Baby steps for them. But I I see this being a three-team race for at least the, the immediate future. So... You know, obviously Atkins was asked to elaborate and he's like, there's three ways we can get better. One would be talent and adding it. Another would be development and teaching and coaching and individuals making progress. And the third is just on execution and that being improved with real-time feedback in game. I I am heavily in favor of that third one. 
because I don't know about y'all, but it seemed like the Blue Jays' downfall in the postseason was not paying attention to the real-time feedback during the game until it was too late. Or, in some cases, sticking so rigidly to the pre-approved game plan that you do not respond to the real-time feedback. And then you just have more problems. And, you know, that is something hopefully that can be corrected with experience and development, as you mentioned. But y'all don't care about that. Y'all care about that first thing you said about adding talent. And that's what I think a lot of people were keying on. And obviously, Blue Jays already have a track record of adding said talent because they went out and got Hyunjin Ryu. He, of the seven runs, three earned in one and two-thirds innings against the Rays in Toronto's final game of 2020. But, you know, when you you have that capability, you you have a free agent who can, you can say... This guy wants to be here because he can see what's going on. Joe Panic said as much as well when he made his decisions. Like, I want to be on a team that's on the up and up. That's enticing to free agents, no matter their nationality or their apprehensions about crossing the border and wondering if it's really three times as cold in Canada during June as it is in the States. Because I have seen that question asked before. I have American friends. But this seems to point to more changes happening with this team. And I actually want to get more into that as we go along here. Because there's a lot of ways that the Blue Jays can actually do that. You know what? I'll throw you one right now. Before, you know, we move into the second half of this episode. Um, One of the things that Ross Atkins noted is that they have a lot of guys who can prepare to be starters. Um, Anthony Kay, Thomas Hatch, Nate Pearson, Julian Merriweather, TJ Zoygan, Elvis Luciano, according to Atkins, will all spend the offseason preparing as starting pitchers. Joining Hyunjin Ryu, Tanner Roark, Ross Stripling, and potentially Chase Anderson. Now, a couple things can be taken from that. One, Ryan Barucki's a reliever now. That's fine. That's a role he seems to be very good at. So I am happy for Ryan Barucki to continue being a reliever. You know, he can be a Brett Cecil for the modern age. And, you know, we can eventually trade him to St. Louis and he'll completely fall apart then. But he won't fall apart on us. That's the main thing. Two. Doesn't say a lot about the players who are free agents. And I understand not wanting to talk about them while you have guys under contract heading into next year. But if the Blue Jays are going to start spending money this offseason... Why not spend it on a guy you already kind of know? And, you know, as much as Robbie Ray was better than advertised and and maybe worth bringing back on, like, a knockdown deal, 
I'm, of course, referring to Taiwan Walker. He of the 137 ERA in six starts with Toronto since being acquired from Seattle for a player to be named later. I am talking about the Taiwan Walker that, in 26 and a third innings, struck out 25 batters. Walked 11, so that's, you know, a little high. But in 53 and a third innings this season, he walked 50, or sorry, struck out 50, walked 19, hit four. So you look at about a two to one free pass to strike out ratio or reverse it. I didn't do math. That's fine. But it would make sense to, you know, look at Walker immediately since, yes, he earned himself a much better deal than the one he signed with Seattle in the offseason, which, you know, a $2 million pact. But you that means you can probably get him for what you gave Tanner Roark, which, do you want to give Tanner Roark that money again? Well, they have to. He signed a two-year deal. But you have someone who's proven... He can be a little more productive than Tanner Roark. And he's still 28 years old. The Blue Jays want to sign guys who are in the window. Taiwan Walker fits that description very well. He's a veteran guy who's been... He's he's got parts of eight seasons under his belt. Granted, two of them don't... He only pitched a combined four games because of injury. But... He's a guy who's seen it all already. He's been in the big league since he was 20. He knows what these guys are going through. He would be a valuable mentor to have in the rotation. And maybe he can actually pitch in a playoff game next year. Instead of banishing him to a potential game three. I don't know. That's just one thing I want to see immediately. With the Blue Jays. I'll tell you the other thing that apparently we're going to see in a sec here. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so I think I made a very acceptable proposal to bring back Taiwan Walker. Um, because despite all the names that Atkins rattled off as potential starting pitchers, I still feel more comfortable with Taiwan Walker than I do with, like, a Ross Stripling or a Tanner Roark. Robbie Ray, you can test the free agent agency market. Matt Shoemaker, I don't know what you want to do. But the other thing that Atkins said in regards to acquiring these high-impact players through either free agency or trade... It's noted that Atkins said that usually high-impact players come in the middle of the diamond. Not in all cases, but those types of players that are really, really high-impact oftentimes are playing shortstop, other times playing center field. So, there aren't a lot of center fielders available. Uh, If you count George Springer as a center fielder, he might be your best bet, but he's, you know... Starting to get up there in use as well. I mean, and you do you want any part of that Houston potential on you? I mean, he, he did play 51 out of 60 games this year, but he's turning, he just turned 31 early, 
uh, last month. So I'm not sure how much of a fit Springer is going to be and what kind of money he would command because uh, he just finished a $21 million contract. I don't know if that's what he's expecting, but I'd rather not pay uh, $25 million a year for a center fielder on the dark side of 31. Like when you're my age, you don't play, you don't run as well in the outfield unless you're like Ichiro or something. So I don't, I'm not comfortable with the idea of signing George Springer like that. But he also said shortstop. And this brings us back to a well-known rumor around the Blue Jays. And it involves Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins' old team in Cleveland. Because apparently Cleveland wants to pare down their payroll. And one of the ways they can do that is by trading perennial all-star and MVP candidate Francisco Lindor. Now, this is actually an interesting time to get Lindor because he's a buy-low candidate at this point. Comes off the worst season of his professional career. Only batted two fifty eight this season. Only eight home runs. If you, if you average that out over a full season, you know, that still gets you to about 18, but it's a far cry from the 30 he was hitting from 2017 to 2019. So that then begs the question... Can you get him at a decent price? Now, I actually tried to trade for Lindor when I was doing the simulation Blue Jays season. They were not biting. They had no reason to trade Francisco Lindor. And I offered, like, Kevin Biggio and and um, TJ Zoic. But no, they wanted either Bo Bichette or Nate Pearson. And I wasn't doing either of them. So, whatever came to pass. But... Coming off a season like he did and, you know, being a free agent in 2022. That might make it a little more imperative for Cleveland to see what they can get for him. And, you know, Toronto teams are no strangers to one-year rentals for superstar players in the hopes of getting a championship. Francisco Lindor is no Kawhi Leonard, but I know, I know all you Raptor fans heard that, and you just, you just got the twinkle in your eye. But it is likely to be a much lighter price for Francisco Lindor than it is now. And, you know, the, the main target of theirs would probably be Jordan Groshans to obviously plug that hole that trading Lindor would leave. Think the Blue Jays would be more on board with that now that they have Austin Martin in the fold because Martin's a guy who is a potential impact player up the middle as Rots Atkins desired. He might be that guy in center field. He might be that guy in the infield. You don't know. But there are options with Austin Martin that make it much easier to make a deal of this magnitude. And that was the point of the Blue Jays being able to stockpile all this talent is to look at the guys who are like, all right, you, we can trade to make this happen. It's why Griffin Conine was expendable. It's why Kendall Williams was expendable. It's why Alberto Rodriguez, the guy who went to Seattle, was expendable. We're starting to get to that point where they have to start thinning out near the top. They have to start 
slicing off the excess foam. And if they can do that and get their hands on a guy who, prior to this year, has an impeccable track record of success and doesn't turn 27 until next month and is supposedly entering his prime, this may be the time to do it. At a time where you know the price is going to be lower, at a time when you know you're going to give yourself the opportunity to convince him that this is where you want to be if you want to try and win a championship. And it's an opportunity to reunite him with people he knows and is friendly with because, as stated, Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro were the guys in charge when they drafted him in 2011. So, at least he knows he's getting a fair shake. And and if he, you know, performs in 2021, then that makes it all the more likely that he's going to get the contract he deserves. And, you know, hopefully the Blue Jays will get the better years of Troy Tulowitzki as opposed to the later years when he was broken and, you know, took chins to the back and ended up on the I.L., Anyway, we're obviously going to be revisiting this topic a fair bit over the offseason because it's a juicy topic and there are a few ways that the Blue Jays can go with it. So if you want to make sure that you catch those episodes in the future, subscribe to the podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe to Locked on Blue Jays so you don't miss an episode. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Locked On Jays, and you can follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because, as always, Twitter is dumb. I may pop in there. Who knows? I'm on vacation now. I don't have to worry about that. I can just let Twitter sit there. And I mean, if y'all ask me questions, I will respond because I am that kind of girl. But, you know, I just think I'm going to, like, decompress a little bit and just try and farm a little bit. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I'll just drive around town and play Pokemon Go. Who knows? My vacation. I do what I want. So, (laughs) until then, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysrunacouch.com, I'm E.G. Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to tonight's episode. And y'all take care. Peace.